The digital delight of jazz and what's more on WFDU HD2, TNAC. Lift every voice and sing Till earth and heaven ring Ring with the harmonies of liberty Let our rejoicing rise High as the listening skies let it resound loud as the rolling sea. Sing a song full of the faith that the dark past has taught us. Sing a song full of the hope that the present has brought us. Facing the rising sun of our new day begun. Let us march on till victory is won. What's going on? What's going on, good folk? You know what it is. It's Jack Dapper Blues. This is Wednesday. And you know we takes over the airwaves. We takes over the streaming airwaves with nothing but blues, 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 and more blues. Now, I'm getting Big Bill on the phone right now. For all of you who's tuned in to listen to my interview with Big Bill Morganfield, just so you know, as you tuned into your favorite public radio or TV station, enjoying a great show, and suddenly they break away to give you 15 to 20 minutes of solid begging during their fundraising efforts. What do you do? Chances are you tune out, especially if you already donated. Well, it's Fundraising February here at WFDU, and this year we're trying something different because we want you to stay tuned in as we grow our audience. That's why we're having a kinder, gentler Fundraising February. We are not going to go on and on beating you up until you either surrender or turn away. No, we're not. The music will play with only short suggestions to support the radio station you love. Call 201-692-2012 and leave your name and number on the voicemail. One of us will call you back to complete your generous donation. Or you can do it yourself with our secure online giving form at WFDU.FM. Just press the donate button to get started. Oh, (laughs) and don't forget to let us know which show you want to support. And if you support Jack Dapper Blues, you know what to do, because when you come here, you learn them blues. I'm going to play a song real quick while I get Big Bill on the phone. I will be right back at you, good folks, because you know what we're doing here. Thought I'm on my way to the big house And I don't even care I'm on my way to the big house Yeah, and I don't even care I make it lifetime and I may get the leg to chair I wouldn't mind going to the big house But I've got to stay there so long I 
I wouldn't mind going to the big house. Yeah, but I've got to stay there so long. They got me excuse of murder when I ain't done nothing wrong. Lord, I ain't got no money, and a job is hard to find. I ain't got me no money, and a job is hard to find. I've been out of luck so long, I ain't got one lousy dime. Lord, I once had a woman. And she did not mean me no good. Lord, I once had a woman. That woman did not mean me no good. And she gave me so much trouble. I had to move from a neighborhood. What's going on? What's going on, good folks? And yet again, welcome to the show. And welcome to my special guest. Today, we are speaking with the legendary, living legend, son of a legend. He has a new album out right now called Blood Stain on the Wall. We're going to get to talking about that and Black Shuck Records. I like the name of that. Would you all please give a nice welcome for Big Bill Morganfield? What's going on, brother? Hey, how's it going? Everything is going good? Everything going good, man. Everything going good. I'm happy we finally had the opportunity to get you on the show. We've been trying for a couple of years now, right? I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, Shine Die introduced me to you, and we've been trying to get you on the show, and you, you said you wanted to wait until your album was ready. And then Lynn reached out to me and was like, Yo, Jack, he's ready. And in celebration of Black History Month, the first day of Black History Month, I thought, along with your album dropping today and you being on the cover of Living Blues magazine, let's do this here today. <laughs> All right, that's what I'm talking about. So we got a lot to talk about, sir. But, you know, I want to start with your your new label and the name of the new label. So what I would like to ask you before we go into your journey as a human being and, and in blues and everything like this, tell us your inspiration to start the label and why you named it Black Shuck Records? Well, uh, I named it Black Shuck Records after a mythical. It's a black. It's a black. Uh, a black dog with shiny eyes. And uh, I just thought it would be real cool uh, to have a, a record company called Black Shuck, and so I called it that. <laughs> I had a, I had a few other names that I wanted, but they were already taken. So uh, I had to do my research and. Kind of came up with that one, and it's about my third my third record on that label, and 
you know, I'm proud to to say I have my own label and that I'm uh, putting that records like I'm doing now. Well, that's groovy. Yeah, that's groovy. Now, being as the the the, and I ask, especially as artists who's made the transition from the old school analog and wax into the new realm of uh, digi recording and digital downloads. How important was it for you to create your own label? And what what was your thought process behind having ownership and control of your career? Well, you know when you when you own it, you kind of play what you want to play. You don't have people trying to tell you to do this or do that, and you can really be more creative. Uh, I think uh, as you have your uh, hand on the on the button. And also, uh, financially, uh, it's a it's a much better situation. Uh, you don't have you don't have any. For example, I don't have people sending me uh, statements mm. like I did royalty statements and, and counting them to be uh, correct and all that. Uh, I know everything is up front because everything is coming to me. Mm. Mm. There's old saying that. Uh, write your own checks and you'll be better off. <laughs> I like that saying. <laughs> yes, sir. I mean, you know, and for us as a people, you know, it's always. Hold on one second, brother. Sure. Oh. Yo, it's it's live, good folk, and, and you are getting some good inf- information from Big Bill. You need to be taking notes because this is experience talking. Can you dig it? All right. Can you hear me? Okay. Yes, sir. Yeah. So, uh, no, that's it. You know, I just thought it was very important to uh, to have my hand on the on the controls uh, and to uh, and to do it do it my way and do it exactly the way I want to do it. So uh, that's what I've been doing. Like I said, this is my third record, and uh, each one of my records have been been very successful. And I'm proud. You know, I'm proud to to be doing it like I'm doing it because you know a lot. The guys that came before the, for me, uh, even my daddy, he always had had other people recording them, and and uh, they had to trust other people to to uh, do the right thing and, and pay them the right kind of money that that, that was associated with their recordings. And a lot of those guys got got beat and didn't get what they uh, were supposed to get. So right. I just thought it was a good thing to to do it this way. Well, you know, and, and I'm happy you brought that up because that, my next question, based on what we were discussing, what did you learn from your, your, your father's career? And that, that's a big lesson because a lot of those cats from his era, before his era, and even after the, the, the golden years of the blues, so to speak, that chess, those chess years were getting beat. You know, I just had a conversation with uh, or a conversation or slight debate. I'll call it a discussion with a couple of cats in the blues community. And, you know, a gentleman was explaining that lightning, the type of person lightning Hopkins was, he doesn't think he was manipulated. He thinks that he just figured he'd rather see the money up front and that's it. And the way I look at it based on experience and the the study in the history based on what you just expressed his his he they were manipulated because if somebody explained to them 
honest business and the importance of owning the rights of your work, they would understand why a portion up front, but the bigger money later made more sense than just selling it away. And is that something you learned on this route and from your father's journey? Well, I learned it from my father's journey, and I learned it from a lot of guys that, that, that got taken. Mm. And, uh, you know, out of all the records that my daddy recorded, he didn't own, he didn't own one of them. Not, not, not one did he own. Wow. Uh, he wrote the songs, you know, and he, he did the performances, but it was always somebody else that had ownership of it. And even and even today, you know, you would have to go to those people that and ask for an audit to make sure that they uh, they paid the way they were supposed to pay, and that you got everything that was that you were supposed to get. Mm. Let's face it; some of these guys, uh, I'm not saying they were dishonest, uh, but they, you know, tuned. Um, you know, they did things that maybe they shouldn't have. Right. And not giving the guys what they deserve. Based on their work. Based on their work. And of course, when these cats die, it even gets worse. Because then you got the family, you got a family, the family, the offspring that really don't know the, they don't know the music business um, uh, the way they should. Uh, music business is, is, is uh, it's a creature that you you have to be involved with to understand the work it does. Mm. And if you're not involved in it, I'm mean, you know every level. Uh, if you're not involved with it, then you won't understand how it works. If you don't understand how it works, then how can you give? Or how can you know when somebody's not being straight with you? Mm. So uh, you know. I mean, it makes me feel good, and I'm sure my dad would be proud that I'm doing it this way. And uh, I like to see a lot of more, a lot more people, whether white, black, or whatever, red, yellow, whatever color they are, to take control. And, 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 and uh, there's an old saying that if you don't stand up and claim what's yours, somebody will. Yeah, uh, you got that right. Uh, now, I, I want to. Based on that, I want to segue to something because, yes, it, it does not matter whether you come from the Appalachians and, and you, you, you do what some people call hillbilly music or, or if you come from, from Chicago and you do what, what they call Chicago blues, you, do, you should stand up for what's yours and what's your culture. I, I want to kind of ask you this question. Do, do you, based on standing up and claiming what's yours, do you, do you feel that black people should say, hey, this is our tradition? Uh, now, that statement does not say no one else can take part in it, because that's not what I'm saying. But do you feel black people can say, hey, this music is part of our lifelong tradition on this land? Well, I think they should, because uh, that is what the truth is. <laughs> 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 the truth the truth is the truth, right? And 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 this and, and blues, it, you know, where did it come from? Where did it come from? Where was it? Where, where was it? Where did it all originate from? Who who were the who were the, the 
the founding fathers per se. Who were the guys that laid it down? Mm. Um, you know, I would say about 80, 80 to ninety to, to ninety percent of it that, that was it's in the black culture. Of course, you had I think you had a few um, a few other other guys that kind of uh, uh, did something back in the day, but you know, back in the day when when uh, the sharecroppers and the, and, the, and the slavery kind of thing and all that stuff was going on, it was the that music was born. I would like to say out of poverty, out of hard times, and and uh, um, and mostly on plantation, you know, a lot of stuff of uh, plantations and in the South and Mississippi and and uh, the poor people. I mean, you know, and, and let's face it, they were black man. They had their fries on the weekends, <laughs> and and they they did things to try to uplift themselves and make themselves feel better, right? Because life was so, so hard. Right. So, um, I mean, that's where it came from. Uh, uh, it, had, it, it has gone so far from Mississippi. And, you know, my daddy, he left Mississippi and went to Chicago and started that, you know, it was a big part of the Chicago blues movement. Oh, Absolutely. And uh, and look, I mean, the guys from Britain, Britain, and when they they when they got their hands on it, British guys, uh, Rolling Stones, and uh, cats like that, mm -hmm. they grabbed it and they ran with it because it, it was it, it was a sound that was was tremendous, and it was dealing with the subjects. You know, I kind of like country music too because of they dealing with stories and things about life and, and having no money and and. and um, and, and things like that, right? And uh, it was the kind of music that would uplift people and make them feel better. Absolutely, I, you know, I would go as far as saying country music is blues. <laughs> well, you know, you can de you definitely tell it's very uh, deep rooted in blues. Uh, not not only country music, jazz. Absolutely. I mean, just if you listen real closely, just about every genre of music. It's rooted in the blues. Absolutely. I mean, I, I'd go as far as saying hip-hop is the direct descendant, both um, established out of poverty and, and disenfranchised, utilizing their resources to, to just get along. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, I, before we continue th that part of the conversation, I do want to talk to you about Big Bill, because th this is your platform right now. And you made it clear, you made three albums right now. Forgive me, I'm sure you get this question often. Your daddy revolutionized American music. That's just a given. He, he's the blues. He's the d direct descendant of, of Sun House and Robert Johnson. He took that to Chicago, revolutionized music. What, what was your introduction into the music business? Not the blues, the music business. Why, why did you wait for, for a period of time before you attacked it, or did you even wait? Well, I did wait. Uh, I went to college. Uh, I got a degree. I was raised by my grandmother. My, she thought that was extremely important to get an education. Mm. 
And, uh, and you know, I, I believe what she said. And I'm glad I did because I, 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 would, I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing now if I didn't have that strong educational background. Mm. Uh, you got you to gotta be a little bit uh, smart uh, out here doing what I'm doing uh, because there's so many hats that you got to wear. Uh, I wear so many hats that it's ridiculous. I, I forget. <laughs> no, I wear. I mean, seriously, I wear so many hats. Uh, even sometimes putting that that attorney hat on. Wow. And going after folks that are trying to uh, take my music for free. Right. Right. So you know, I believe in fighting for what's right, standing up for what's right, doing the right thing, and. You know, I, I remember uh, when I put my first record out. It was I had a, it was being offered as a free download, and I talked to some of the guys over at Blind Pig Records and some other guys, and, and and they basically said that there's nothing you can do. Wow. And and I didn't. I, I said, well, I may can't do anything, but I definitely can try. And so I started studying, just how to go after these people. And I did a really good job at, 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 at kind of curving it away from me and, and, and taking it away from my um, from my income. You know, when you put when you put twenty eight thousand dollars or more into making a record, uh, it don't feel too good when somebody's offering it as a free download. Absolutely not. Uh, so you know, I learned how to, to to go after those guys, and I started reading the different laws associated with that, and and uh, pretty pretty. Uh, 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 informed about what can be done and, and what's legal, what you can legally do to protect yourself against that. So, which, which makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Wow. So now now you said you wear many hats. Oh, wait, before we get to the business aspect and, and what you're doing. Uh, so your grandmother instilled in you that Education is important, and I definitely can relate to that, right? Because our our, our families uh, have a similar pattern. Both of our families started in Mississippi, ended up in Chicago. I just ended up in New York, right? So I, I get that. Now I want to ask you this. Did she or anybody that was helping her raise you kind of tell you, not to go into music, or did you always want to? H how did that bug come about? Well, you know, when you got a father like Muddy Waters, uh, you know, I guess like with every kid, you know, when you're young, you know, you're six and seven, every kid kind of wants to be like they, that they father. Uh, uh, you got a parent that, that, that you're very proud of, there's something in you to say, I want to be like daddy. You know, you say, I mean, it, it, it's, it, you know, that, that comes to your mind. Yep. And uh, I started playing drums and piano and all kind of stuff at a very young age, just trying to mess around with it. And uh, I remember in college, you know, we have a little, little jam session. And, you know, I'll set my, my guitar up and I'll be just playing guitar and me and a drummer would just be, be playing and we'll, we'll attack the crowd, a crowd while we while we was doing it. Uh, so uh, that's how I got started 
that's how I got the bug per se. And then um, once my father passed away, I felt such a large void. Mm. Um, I wanted to do something. I wanted to do something to, you know, kind of like a tribute to him. I wanted to do something uh, to say, "Dad, I'm proud of you," and and I wanted to do a tribute record. And I did in 1999. I did uh, Rising Sun on Blind Pig Records, and uh, that was my way of of just saying that I was proud of my heritage, mm. proud of what my dad stood for. I was proud of his accomplishments, and because he, you know, he came. Here's a man that came from the from a plantation, mm. twenty five cents a day, working, driving a truck. Uh, that 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 went on to be known all over the world, and to me, that's not a normal kind of uh, thing to do. That, that takes a that takes a hell of a man uh, uh, to do something like that. Absolutely. And even you know, even even now, my father's been dead for so many years, but you wouldn't you wouldn't think think so because uh, his music is so alive so many people want to record his songs yeah his songs are in commercials his songs on radio I mean just all over uh, you, you, you're bound to hear Muddy Water somewhere that's right <laughs> his pictures all over the place that's right and, 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 and people you know, thanks. I, I thank God for the people that, that 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 love him. They will never let his name die. Um, he will always be remembered, as long as this planet is round. Mm. As long as there's people on this planet, he will always be remembered. And 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 that's a to me that's a heck of a thing to accomplish. Uh, because so many people are forgotten when they pass away. They pass away. That's right. Thirty, forty years. You don't. It's like you never even even was on the planet. Mm. You would never be able to say that Muddy Waters wasn't on this planet because he laid it down heavy. <laughs> he sure did. Yeah. He sure he sure did, and you know, even to say that that he. <sighs> From a plantation to around the nation, that's really heavy because it's it's unheard of. That's just really just the the concept of going from Jim. This is before Jim Crow, right? Or about Jim Crow all the way up to traveling the world. That that had to be shell shocking for him as well. Exactly. Did did he share any of these stories with you? Uh, he didn't share. We didn't. We didn't talk about that kind of stuff. I, we talked to when I, when I uh, the, the, the brief encounters that my dad and I had together. He would tell me about how many people he, he took care of, how many people depended on him, and uh, but we really didn't talk much about about the music. Uh, we didn't have to. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I understand. It was it was there. It was present. It was there. It was there. 
And my dad was, was such a musician that it was, it was it, I don't know. He even talked. He even talked like, uh, like when he talked, you hear him talk sometimes. I feel like he, almost like he's singing. <laughs> you know, he had a certain uh, uh, cadence to the way he spoke. But that's group. That that means he lived and breathed it. He lived and breathed it. Mm. And that and that's saying it. That's putting it lightly. Right. Right. <laughs> well, you know, I, I want to talk about a song of yours that I beyond identify with to the point my entire family identifies with this song. Because in my household, as of now, we take the traditions of our uh, elders and, and we make sure we have meals together. My wife makes dinner. I make breakfast. And I had this experience, and I had the experience is that I'm looking, I'm making my playlist, and I said, well, you know what? I'm going to play the Morgan Fields in a row, right? I'm going to play all of y'all in a row. And I came across a song by you that I had to play because this song represented one of my Saturday mornings. I, I think you know what song I'm talking about. No butter for my grits. Didn't say that, did you? What? I played it. Now, I, I lived that. Now, wh how did you come up with this? Because that's the blues. And those of you in the audience that don't understand how that's the blues, th this is what I'm saying. This, this is part of the tradition. We, we have grits in the morning. Talk to, walk us through the inspiration of that song, please. Uh, what was the inspiration? Yes. Well, it was a true. It was true. I was. I started my breakfast one morning, and you know, I thought what? I thought where I thought it was Buddy in the refrigerator, <laughs> and I got kind of in the middle of it, and realized I didn't have any, and, and that was a problem. My breakfast wouldn't be complete with that. So, <laughs> right about that journey, I left home. And I went around to several stores trying to find it. Mm. Uh, uh, I even went next door to my neighbor and tried to borrow something. <laughs> <laughs> that's the blues. And, that, and that's great songwriting. And see, that's what what I think is missing in, in some uh, music that's, that's called or being labeled as blues. There's more to it than uh, shredding or dressing up as if it's the twenties or all these different other things, it's 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 songwriting, it's stories that that we walked through that moment with you. You know what I'm saying? Uh huh. Now, with that being said, let's let's shift gears to Bloodstains on the Wall. Talk to us about this album. How it affects you? What's the inspiration? Well, uh. You know, of course, I, I was inspired by uh, what was going on uh, in the world today, uh, on the streets. Uh, so many lives are being being lost. Um, so much blood is being shed, mm. and uh, that was that was probably my biggest inspiration in kind of putting that thing together. Uh, I don't know. I, I just wanted to, to voice voice out, voice a little bit about that. 
And then uh, I got a call from uh, some Fox, Fox TV network. Uh, they wanted me to uh, to write some music for uh, for the TV series called Shots Fired. Mm. So uh, that that whole that whole thing kind of inspired me to put together that record, and I put that record together. Uh, even though all the songs aren't, aren't necessarily about, you know, I got one song about uh, my mother. You know, my mother passed away about a year ago. And uh, how it feels when you lose someone you love. Of course, when somebody, when, when some, I could, I could relate to some other mother. Right. Some other person losing somebody they they, they, they care about. And uh, that's probably one of the worst, the worst feelings that to have is to lose somebody that you really love. And I'm not talking about uh, a girlfriend. I'm trying to lose somebody to death. Right. Uh, that's a that's a pretty deep thing because you never hear that voice again. Yeah. Uh, that voice is silent, silent forever, and that's a that's a heck of a feeling. Uh, well, you're right. To to have a voice that you're used to hearing, and all of a sudden, it is silent, mm. and all you have is the memories. Uh, to kind of you know inspire you to keep going, but yeah, that, that was kind of my, my motivation though. Mm, I dig it. Now, I, I, I see you produced it. You also did the artwork. So this is part of the the taking the, the ship by by its horns and making sure it's presented the way you envision it. Exactly. Yeah, I sat there and I actually had to teach myself as a learning, clerk, learning curve. Uh, but I was able to get in there and, uh, and put together all the artwork and, and just I did everything. With the record, and this is the first one that I did. Did you know? I did everything: uh, music, artwork, uh, just everything I put together. Uh, and it, the presentation is, is the presentation uh, is exactly the way I wanted it to be that way. Mm. That's and I mean that's what's up. And I hope you guys are paying attention because a lot of people are are, are leaning towards doing that. Some may. Uh, I don't want to say be scared, but are not fully uh, uh, confident. And, you know, I can't speak for the others. I don't know what they're doing. But you should take some notes because it sounds like it's very liberating. Sounds like what? I'm sorry. It's very liberating to, to do it this way. Well, it's, it is, I tell you, as I tell you, I wear a lot of hats. Uh, all of a sudden, I went into I wore the graphic designer hat, uh, and that sounds like a hard hat to wear, but it's not really. Uh, you just got to learn programs, the programs that deal with that, and and how to how to put things together. That's all. So I took my time. It took me a little bit longer than I wanted to take, but I took my time and I learned, and then I put it together. Now I see that you're on the cover, issue two hundred and forty-six, volume four. 47 of Living Blues. How does that make you feel, brother? I'm sorry. On the cover of Living Blues, how does that make you feel? <laughs> wow. Uh, I'm still feeling that one. <laughs> uh, Living Blues is one of the biggest magazines in the country, also overseas, too. So uh, to be blessed with a chance to be on the cover 
Uh, I'm still feeling that one. That's a, that was a good, very good feeling. Uh, very proud that that I was chosen for that. But you know, I've been I've been doing this thing here going on 20 years now. Mm. Uh, not not quite not quite 20 years, but a long time. That was, that's my first cup with Living Blues. Mm. So uh, it made me feel pretty good. Uh, feel like. Uh, I wasn't forgotten, that people still remember me, and uh, there's still life left in, in, in my career. Mm, I hear that. that I, I really understand that. So, now, let, let me ask you this. You sound like you're a player. You play? I, I play a bit. I, you know, I, yes. <laughs> yeah, I do, sir. Yes, I do. No, it's okay. You caught me off guard. I, people don't usually ask me questions, so you caught me off guard. That's <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, do you take? How's your song, your your songwriting and album putting together your album process? Because it, it seems like you like to take your time in between albums. Is there a reason for that? Well, taking your time is better than rushing. Mm, okay. And that's what anything you do. If you ask my papa, he say, take my papa say, take time. <laughs> you know, the old folks where they like, take your time, don't rush it. That's right. Uh, even when you're playing, if you're, if you're a player, when you play the blues, you take your time. And you let it breathe. You know, you take those pockets to put, to put things in, and you put the pockets to put the voice in. You take your time. Mm. And, and it comes out. It comes out where people can actually feel what you're doing. And, uh, I mean, you can tell when somebody's kind of throwing something. And my daddy's always saying, uh, blues is, is, is not something that you want to uh, uh, throw at people. You want to serve it to them like a, like a fine dish. Mm. Uh, so you take your time. Uh, I remember this guy was uh, kind of working with me for a lot of years, uh, a guy named Brian Bassetti. And, and he He's a great guitarist, man. And he would always tell me, take your time. Mm. Thing at one time. Take your time. Uh, so that's one of the things I learned as I got better. Just take my time and try to express myself a little better. Uh, we, we both know that blues is a feeling. That's right. It's all about a feeling. Uh, so uh, if you take your time, you can you can kind of uh, you know create that feeling, capture that feeling, and pass it on to to your audience. Mm. So do do you play acoustic blues at all, or or you just straight electric? I do some acoustic stuff. I started out doing acoustic stuff. That's I taught myself how to play some of that old Robert Johnson stuff and. And the walking blues and and the Rolling Stone and all that stuff, you know that uh, catfish blues. And I mean, I taught myself that first before I started venturing into like full band on some of it. So I can I can play it. Um, I used to sit down right before every show, you know, and, and start my show out with a couple of acoustic tunes. Um, but I don't know. People seem to like uh, my energy. They seem to like me to stand up and move and 
and uh, shake it and, and lay it down heavy, you know. <laughs> I dig it. I dig it. You, you got you, you got to give them what they're coming for. That's right. That's right. On Friday, Saturday night, they want to see it. They want you to get it. <laughs> you know, they worked all week long, and, and uh, they want to release it. You know, what's the, what's the better thing to, to release is to, is to just dance and like, move your feet. Uh, if you can't dance, get out there and move. That's right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I, I know I dig it. So, you... you, you how do you how do you feel about the the terrain of blues right now as as a business for the artists though, it, uh, it, in terms of commercial sales, you know, does it look promising to you? Do you, is it good? Do you think that it, it could be better? Well, it could be better, as we all know that we all know that that generation. Uh, it's getting thinner and thinner. Mm. Uh, hence, uh, uh, if the blues is going to stay alive, we, we have to find a way to touch the younger generation. And uh, I actually tried to do that on one of the songs on that on this record called uh, uh, Hold Me Baby. I, co- I collaborated with a, with a hip-hop producer. And he's a genius. I think he's literally... A genius name is um, Cino. They called me Honorable Cino. Mm, okay. Uh, I worked with him, and I—he is absolutely incredible. Uh, I mean, I, I don't—I don't know how he did what he did, but he actually, you know, I, he said, "Sit down, Bill, and send me something." I played him something. He grabbed it, and he—he he started working his magic with it. Mm. Well, well, we know we had that song, "Hold Me Back." Mm. Well. I think uh, the blues has a as a future, uh, but I think we got to keep in mind that things have changed, and and blues need need to evolve. It can't stay. It can't be like it was. Everything everything evolves. Right. Cars that we drive. Look at the the big you know the big iron cars that used to be. That's right. And look how things have evolved evolved to the, the streamlined kind of cars that really uh gas efficient and really slick looking with some of these some of these cars they're making them. Even though I still like the old older old cars, I still like those bodies. Uh look who look what is selling. It's the new kind of cars that are selling more than the old. So uh things change. Everything evolves. But we as a people evolve. Right. You know? And I think blues has to do the same thing. It has to evolve. It can't stand still. Uh, it, it, it has to evolve if it wants to stay alive. So, so we have. I don't want to say we have to because when you, when you say it evolves, I, I just think I, I think of Motown, right? When they they started, their music was really, really from. The South Church, doo-wop-ish, uh, old Negro spiritualist, and as time went on, you, you hear the progression. So you, you're saying blues should, kind of, you know, lean less from the one guy or one woman and one guitar to, you know, let's get funky. That's right. 
<laughs> That's right. <laughs> so is, is there room for the traditional? Because some people like to play the traditional style of, of blues. And it's hard to say traditional because, as you and I know, so many regions that have different styles. But it, So I say traditional from the old school. Like traditional hip hop would varies, but we get we understand. Would, would, is there room to have that style along with a, a a more modern or current feel? Absolutely, absolutely. There's, there's a lot of room, you know. And, and when it comes down to it, if you're trying to um, commercialize it, you have to think about what people like. Uh, you can play what you like. And you're supposed to, you really are, you're supposed to play what you love. But if you want to be commercial, you got to understand what other people love, too, and try to play into that, into that, uh, that ballpark, per se. Right. It's just like, I think Lionel Richie is, is, a, is a smart cat. Absolutely. Yeah, he went from, uh, you know, the Brick House, Commodores, that kind of arrangement, to, to some other kind of thing, and then lately... You know, not too long ago, a year or so ago, he put a country that was some of the country guys, and uh, what big success! Uh, he, he took a look at what's, what was going on, going on, and what people like, and he tried to cater to what people like. It's like me; I love music. I love all types of music. Right. I love I love jazz. I mean, I love hip hop. I love it all. I love music. Music makes the world go round. Absolutely. Um, but the kind of music I make is is what I really love, but I do try to cater it to what uh, what I think other people might might enjoy. Right. No butter for my grits. That thing. Right. <laughs> you know, that that's but that's a living testament. So, if you well, you do have the opportunity. What what is I was gonna say? If you have the opportunity, what would you say? But we can do it right now. What would you tell an up-and-coming artist, regardless of the age, what would be your first uh, thought to give them as uh, encouragement or advice? Well, I would tell them to learn, be well-learned, to learn a few different styles. And once they get all that stuff under their belt, then try to take that and create something uh, that represents them per se. Uh, something that they really like. I mean, uh, for example, when I started out, I, I, I said I wouldn't be. I said it didn't make sense to jump in and start playing uh, blues like modern blues. I said it made sense for me to go back to the beginning and learn the the roots. Mm. So I would say get your get your foundation together. Uh, just like building a house. You want a strong house, you put up a, found, a strong foundation. Just like building a marriage. You want a good marriage, you have a strong foundation. Absolutely. Uh, it's important to have a strong foundation before you can move on and do something with it. Uh, so I would tell them, get your foundation together first. Mm. And, and when that happens, you got yourself something. Uh, make it strong. Learn all you can. And uh, that's part of the foundation. So now, how how long 
were you uh, playing blues specifically? Because you've always played music, and I, I'm. I think it's safe to say that you've always played all styles of music, from from what was in what was popular at that time to everything. How long was it from you performing blues to recording the first album? Uh, it was a while. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't overnight, man. It, it, it took me, I, I, you know, I was, a, I was a slow learner. You know, I don't know if having a family and having kids and stuff made it where I, uh, I, I had a limited amount of time to put into it. But uh, I seem to take my time with things. And I try to learn it right. So I, I want to say it took me about eight years man, before I recorded my first uh, record. Mm. And that's eight years of, of paying the dues, of, you know, playing around, or, or putting together little bands, and going out, you know, playing playing for little or nothing, uh, just to get yourself together and get familiar with what you're doing. Right. Also, spending time, what I call woodshedding, spending time to you alone, trying to learn lick by lick. Uh, I remember trying to learn uh, um, walking blues, for example. Mm. And it was really complicated to me. And so, But I would play the record, and I would listen to, like, it, everything that happened between that one, two, three, four, boom, I would stop it. I would learn everything within those four beats. Mm. Started again. Once I learned, I wouldn't go any further until I learned everything within those four beats. And then I put it back on and another four beats, stop it, learn what happened within those four beats. And that's how I learned. Mm. A little bit at a time. Sometimes it would take me, I remember it would take me, uh, it might have took me two months to learn how to play that song. But by the time you got it, you got it. <laughs> I got it now. I can pull the guitar right now without even warming my fingers up and, and lay it on you. <laughs> <laughs> I learned it. You know, it's something about when you when you learn stuff slow and learn it learn, learn it right. You don't you don't tend to forget it as easy. Right. Not like cramming, you know. Uh, absolutely, absolutely, and rushing. Now, in, in today's, if you learn it right, it becomes part of your foundation. Right. Right. And this is see, um, thank you because this is what I would like to ask you in today's uh, era of everything is coming just quickly, right? It just, just, just a ridiculous turnaround, or at least the concept of things turning around so fast because of the medium and everything like this. Do you think that art that you're describing the the taking the time to build our foundation is being lost in translation? Well, I think we know what's good and what's not good. Mm. You're going to always have stuff that, that ain't so good. And you say, why it ain't so good? Not because they rushed it. Not because they went a little too fast. Mm. But So, you know, quality is, I think all Americans, all people like quality stuff. I know I do. I even buy I try to buy the best sheets to put on my bed. Uh, I just like quality. I like to buy nice clothes that'll hold together over a period of time. Mm -hmm. uh, not just in a few machine washing and bang, it's gone. 
Right. Uh, so quality. When it comes to music, it's the same thing. Quality. Uh, and we all know what quality is, and, and quality is quality. Period. So uh, I'm, I'm into that. I'm into trying to, to make things good, to make them, make them really good. They seem to last longer that way. Uh, it's not like a fly-by-night kind of thing. Right. Right. I agree. I agree. And, you know, I, I also noticed that not only are you doing uh, soundtracks and scores, but you're acting as well. <laughs> I am. You know, it, it took me a minute to put it to hit me. I, I was on the set. And they said, well, Bill, uh, you know, we had the music. I came in, I flew in early and I did the music in the studio. And then they say, well, you're going to come back to the set later tonight and you're going to, what you just created, you're going to do it. Mm. I said, okay. So I went back to the room. I said, Herbert, send me what we did. <laughs> so I could try to sync my mouth up to what I was. And I did a good job at it. I was able to sync up real fast. Well, I ain't going to say real fast. I spent the rest of that night and early that next morning. I think we went back into the, we went into, uh, they brought me to the set about, 11 o'clock at night because you get a chip joint scene. Mm. And we went from 11 at night to about 6 that morning. I remember seeing the sun come up mm. uh, all night long in that little juke joint. And so yeah, I realized that, you know, after the end of that, you know, I said, well, I just did some acting. That's right. And uh, so, you know, it went so well, they actually called me back for another episode. So I'm, uh, I did episode two and episode four. And that was my second time because I did something in Banshee. Mm. Uh, I did uh, kind of the same thing I did in Shots Fire. And uh, so I realized that I I was getting a little bit of acting under my belt. So uh, it's all good. Absolutely. It's all good. And uh, I don't know. I just kind of, I like a good challenge. I've always have. And uh, it was kind of challenging, and I and I went for it, and I and I did pretty good. Did pretty good. Are you, are you looking to do more acting? And when I say more acting, uh, moving out of the uh, juke joint and, and playing a musician and like character acting and things of this nature. I would love to do that. I got one of my friends, Tom Waits. I look up to him. He's a, I think he's a musical genius, also. It's got that real raspy kind of voice, man, and, and that's what Tom is doing. Now, Tom is doing his his wife is a string uh, string play writer, and Tom is actually appearing in a lot of lot of little things. Mm. Uh, that would be something that you know to look forward to if I could I could uh, venture to that that market a little bit. Well, you you know the saying from from your mouth to God's ears when you put it out there, you 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 don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. That's it. That's it. That's it. And uh, I'm very positive, and uh, I always, I'm always putting things out there in the universe all the time. I dig it. I, I, believe, that, I believe that all things are possible uh, with the right elements around you. Indeed. Indeed. I, I just want to, first and foremost, thank you for your time and, and honoring this program to just sit down and chop it up and talk about the blues with me. 
Well, I want to thank you for taking the time to talk to me, too. It takes two to tango, remember? I dig it. <laughs> yeah, I want to thank you, and I want to say hello to all the listeners out there. I tell them, and I want to say to them all, just keep supporting live music. Uh, if you get a chance, go out and support, support the guys out there doing it. Because, uh, you know, it's, that's what makes the world go around to me. And we need a lot more of that in the world today. Uh, may our world become a better place. Absolutely. 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 Y'all know what's going on. This is Jack Dapper Blues on WFDUHD2. We've been talking with Big Bill Morganfield. And we wasn't just discussing his new album. We discussed some of one of his old albums, and we discussed his journey. And it will be archived. But if you didn't listen, you'll be the last to know where it's going to be archived because you should have been here. <laughs> here you go. But I, I, I want to thank you, and, and I want to play one of your songs as we as we leave this segment. But I, I just want to thank you again, and we want to get you on the show um, next time you're available, and we can continue the dialogue. All right. God bless you. Okay. God bless you too, Big Bill. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Take it easy. All right, y'all. I'm going to end this segment with a cut from Big Bill's new album, and the cut is going to be the title song of the album. Don't worry. We're going to get into more Big Bill in, in, in the later segment. This is Bloodstain on the Wall. Sheets and pillows torn to pieces. Bloodstains all over the wall. Torn to pieces, blood stains all over the wall. I know I wasn't here when I left this morning. Didn't leave a Texas gonna be hanging around my door. Oh no! 